P-S-N-Y. mind-blowing stats i love yeah. mind-blowing stats i've done it earlier before we started this podcast so they probably won't be ready in time but i'll tweet them out later yeah i mean you love those mind-blowing stats those clint frazier first pitch strike stats and the absolute most random numbers that you could possibly think of i bet there's a stat for that perhaps this is the most mind-blowing part it's not about Clint Frazier. It's not about Brett Gardner. It's actually not about a Yankees player. Ooh. 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 I'm becoming cultured over here, so unbiased. Becoming cultured. Oh, speaking of cultured, I hear there's a no-hitter going on in Cleveland right now. Not even paying attention. No Yankees baseball. I'm focused on football now. Oh, it is it is absolutely ridiculous that there's no baseball game tonight for the Yankees. I don't know what it is about me putting out betting previews and getting the game canceled immediately. I don't know what it is because I've Danny and I have been working on these for the entire season and I've written like 10 of them. I think only five actually ever went out because the games keep getting canceled. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. It's a curse. It's an absolute curse. Uh, much, much like the curse that has afflicted the Yankees this year. It's ugly. Oh my goodness. Something's going on. Someone made a deal with the devil here because just the, I mean, we can just talk about this. Do you want to do the intro first? Yeah, this is episode 71 of the Bleacher Creatures podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad and Warwick Gaming, as always brought to you by Rivercrest NYC, Indoor Dining, almost back September 30th. So if you're in Astoria, hit it up. Nice. Well, hey, so, I mean, let's get this out of the way. I posted a really sad video on Twitter where I almost cried. I was recording, and I just was like, I need to get my feelings out there. I know everyone feels the same, but I quite literally was defeated. I could not move. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? And I said, oh, right, the Yankees suck. And I've never had to deal (laughs) with this before. I mean, I've never had to deal with it in my lifetime before. This is terrible. I will say this is like one of those one of those terrible things about Yankees Twitter is that nobody knows how to react to this properly. Like you're a pretty rational person and you're even you're like I don't I don't know what to do. Like what do I do with my hands? I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I literally just had no idea and I had no idea why I was feeling so down like the past week. I I just I don't know and then all of a sudden it hit me and I was like, "Oh my god." It's the Yankees. It's the Yankees. And I'm one of those people that I keep saying I I don't let my, you know, certain things affect my mood, but baseball 100% affects my mood. It changes the entire course of my day. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And especially with how deep we are into, like, baseball Twitter and Yankees Twitter. Like, if the Yankees aren't good, the only thing you're seeing all day is negativity. Right. Right, exactly. So it's not like it's not like you're seeing anything positive come out of this. I mean, and of course we have a lot to talk about on the negative end. Naturally, we ended right before this podcast. Thank goodness on a positive note. But I mean, 
man, I got to tell you, I was watching that game where they were up six to two and I quite literally turned off the game. Oh, too confident. Too confident. When they were up six to two because I didn't want to see them blow it. And I was like, I don't think they'll blow it, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to pay attention to my book. You started texting me. I just had my phone blowing up. I said, what is going on? And all of a sudden all these tweets are like, what the hell? What the hell? What the hell? Oh, it's been, oh, that game was an absolute disaster. That's an absolute must-win game against the Blue Jays right now. The Toronto Blue Jays are ahead of us in the AL East. They're locked into a playoff spot, and we're just like, we're keeping the Orioles at bay. Can you you imagine that? 2020, if we had a regular-ass season saying, oh, well, you know what? The Yankees are really going to struggle to keep the Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles, from taking their playoff spot this year. Are you kidding me? So I wanted to talk about their upcoming schedule and, in fact, the past couple weeks. But the sad, sad fact is before they won yesterday, they were 5-14 and in their last 19 games. They win yesterday. They throw a rave in the clubhouse. I'm hoping that this is like a great energy thing moving forward, and I feel like they needed that. But at the same time, Five and 14 in 19 games. Yeah, like, congrats. You ran into one. You ran into a win. Everybody does. What does that equate to in a 162-game season, that sort of record? That has to be Uh, devastating. 2.7 games per game this year. So that's – what does that got to be? 14 or 15 for a metric shit ton? Like. It's just, this is the worst stretch of Yankees baseball that I think I've ever seen. And that's even including 2018 when we, I mean, we had a shot at the AL East. We could have unseated the Boston Red Sox and then they come into town in September and sweep us in a four game set, like decisively, decisively swept us. And that cost me $40. And also the Yankees had to settle for a wild card spot. It's just, this is, this is the worst stretch of Yankees baseball that I can ever remember. I got to tell you, back in 2018, obviously my uh, my superstitions were at an all-time high. They're playing the Red Sox in the playoffs, and I think it was game three, the game that they eventually won. Um, I was going to watch it with my Red Sox friend, and I pulled into Price Chopper to pick up donuts, and then as soon as I pulled into Price Chopper, they started scoring, so I just sat in the parking lot. Naturally. For a long time. I would do the same thing. <laughs> And I got a phone call and he's like, uh, where are you? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm right around the corner. He's <laughs> like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm at Price Chopper. What? Why? Because they're winning. <laughs> I did that last year when um, I was at the ALCS game when Aaron Hicks hit the home run off Justin Verlander. And the Yankees, they started to get a little something going while I was up in the concourse. I hadn't made it down to my seat yet with my multiple beverages. And I just, and I had other people's drinks too. So I was just standing there in the concourse for that whole inning. It lasted like 10 minutes. Everyone's texting me like, where the heck are you? Like we, you've been up gone for half an hour. I'm like, I, I don't know how to explain this. I couldn't move. Uh, but I, I, as soon as Aaron Hicks hit that homer, I stopped walking. I just stood there yeah. until the inning was over. And it worked. We won that game. You have to be rooted to the ground. So you know what? I totally understand where you're coming from. We've discussed our superstitions before. They have played out for positivity. And recently, I've had to change up my superstitions because the right ones aren't working. And no, no, they're not working right. I gotta find. I gotta find a new one. 
I haven't, I haven't been focused enough on just the Yankees to figure out, okay, like what am I doing when the Yankees win games? What's going right? I need to, I need to hire somebody to just follow me around the whole day and take diligent notes and then see if the Yankees win. I notice things. I will gladly do that. I'll come down there and do that. <laughs> come all the way down Long Island. Just follow yeah, James for the whole day. Sure. James works from home. So really he's just going to be sitting on his chair the entire day working. And Alice is going to be taking notes like, oh, well, you took a phone call at 930 today. So <laughs> I guess tomorrow. we're going to have to have someone call him tomorrow at 930. <laughs> so, I mean, looking at the upcoming schedule, the Yankees were supposed to play um, in the Bronx against Baltimore tonight. Obviously that got canceled, rescheduled for tomorrow for a doubleheader, another doubleheader. Um, they have four games left against Baltimore, seven against Toronto, three against Boston, yay, and three against Miami. So in total, 17 games left. Until let's, the not, let's not cheer about Boston prematurely because if well, there's one thing we know about the Boston Red Sox is that if there is a chance that something they can do in an absolutely miserable season will cause the Yankees to miss the playoffs entirely, they are showing up for that game. They're looking for the sweep. They have nothing on the line. In fact, it would actually be less beneficial to them to win the games. It might knock them out of the first overall draft spot. But there's just – I mean, if you're a Boston Red Sox, you just can't let the Yankees get in the playoffs if you can help it. Sacrifice that one draft pick. Very true. Very true. So I was looking at um, some stats yesterday, and there's only two teams that the Yankees have an above 500 record against this season. Oof. Washington Nationals. Oof. They played for three games and the Boston Red Sox, who they are seven and zero against. <laughs> That's been great for me. I'm really hoping that we sweep them again. We have another three game set coming up. My buddy and I put $10 on every game, every season. So, I mean, putting a hundred dollars in my pocket this year would just be fantastic. That would be prime. Yeah. Um, I'm poor so as hell. Obviously, once the Yankees were kind of in their uh, losing skid, Brian Cashman took a charter plane up to Buffalo. Ooh, Buffalo. Oh yeah, that, that means business. Um, yeah, nobody goes to Buffalo on purpose. Probably picked up some wings on the way back. I mean, you got to do it. This is going to be a hot take. I don't know. Maybe we have upstate listeners. I've been to Duff's. Not a fan. Uh-oh. Not a fan. Not a fan. Been to Bill's Duff's in Buffalo. You know, you got to go yeah, for if, him. If there's go any for James. Yeah, if there's anyone in Bill's Mafia who listens to this podcast, uh, one, I'm sorry for your for your just consistently terrible team. Uh, it's really, really exciting years for the Bills, but I know how intense they get about football, and it's got to be super disappointing to just be bad every year. And I mean, two, I'm not going to take the Duff's thing back. I said listen, it. It's on, it's on the record. I grew up in Rochester, so therefore, like, we kind of had to follow the Bills because they had their – I keep calling it spring training. They had their training camp in, um, in our hometown. So like we would always go and watch. It was pretty cool to have some, some big time players there and stuff. So everyone really around me is a Buffalo Bills fan and I get it, but Bills Mafia just won the title of best NFL fans. So you got to give them some credit. No, they get the credit. I mean, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I mean, how do you just build your entire fan base around jumping through folding tables? I mean, that's that's absolutely absurd and they just like this is our identity now we get super drunk on bush lights in the parking lot and we jump through folding tables sometimes we light them on fire just to see what happens no 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 they are classier than that it's not bush oh, light. Okay, it's at okay. least bud light it's at least bud, bud light. light yeah definitely bud light maybe um, the high society of bill's mafia no, no 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 we drink bud light not bush light come on but anyway brian cashman went to buffalo 
gave them a nice little speech. And my favorite part of his speech, which apparently didn't help the next day because they still lost two to one, but is the fans deserve better. And I'm like, yes, Brian, yes, you're absolutely right. We deserve better. We do not deserve to sit here and watch this shit show of a season right now. We just don't. No, absolutely. Absolutely not. And I always, I pictured when that broke, I pictured that scene in Moneyball where Billy Bean walks in the clubhouse and starts throwing shit around and yelling at people. And and I kind of figured, you know what? That doesn't really seem like Brian Cashman. He seems like the kind of guy who, when he shows up in the clubhouse to give a motivational talk, he just kind of goes like one by one to everyone and really quietly says like, hey, Aaron, I just want you to know, I believe in you. And then he just moves on to the next person. Doesn't say anything else. And he says that to everybody. He's like, I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you doesn't say anything else. And then just walks out of the clubhouse. And everyone's like, that wasn't motivational at all. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously someone had to say something and I'm really proud of Luke Voigt for actually saying something that was somewhat controversial, but also great because I mean, he said what everyone was thinking. He literally just said, it's embarrassing. Like it's embarrassing. right It now. is, it is embarrassing. It is. He's totally right. But like, I was thinking that, like, in the past, in the Derek Jeter era, they wouldn't say anything like that. They're like, well, we just got to get back out there, you know, keep working. Gotta oh, get back. yeah, the, the media platitudes. So we win as a team, right. we lose as a team, we're just going to keep at it. No, I hate those. Let's no, get, like, the real commentary from it. Yeah, Luke Voigt knows what's up, and he knows that he's hitting pretty well. In fact, in the past couple weeks, I think the past week, he's only batting, like, 177. So he's kind of cooling down a little bit, but he's coming up when we need him most. And that's probably the most important part. So, boys, take notes. Boys, take notes. Brett Gardner, take notes. I know you don't want to talk about this because it makes you sad, oh, but no, I can talk about Brett Gardner. Let's yeah, talk holy, about holy Jesus, is Brett Gardner terrible right now? I gotta tell you though, um, for a while last week, he was making good contact with the ball. He was hitting it right at people. Now I'm just not so sure. I mean, he's striking out all the time. It's just, it's becoming. And, like, there's there's no one that can fill his spot at the moment. You know? Oh, yeah, it's an absolute necessity right. to have him in exactly. the lineup every day. So you need to have him in the lineup. He needs to start swinging earlier in the count and taking those fastballs that they're throwing right down the middle because they know he's not going to swing and either taking him out of the park, taking him down the right field line, using his speed, getting on base. He's just not doing anything right now. And it is – he's being so – so overshadowed by Clint Frazier. It's ridiculous. No one would have ever seen that coming. Oh, yeah. This is Clint's time to shine right now. He did. He cooled off a little bit at the plate. He's still hitting okay. He's doing okay. Comparatively to the rest of the Yankees, I mean, the guy's an all-star because the rest of the Yankees have just been that bad. Uh, but what is he at? Like high 270s now, showing some power. Most importantly, making a lot of plays on defense. I'm going to keep taking mm-hmm. that victory lap. That's uh, the victory lap for the ages. I'm going to be taking it until Clint Frazier retires. The Clint Frazier slander on Twitter has ceased. Nobody's talking bad about him anymore because they realize that they're wrong. And now they're just like, okay, we're going to shut up instead of saying, hey, I was wrong. Because that, we don't do that on nobody, Twitter. Nobody ever admits to being wrong. wrong. Nobody ever admits to being wrong. <laughs> but in the past week, Clint Frazier's batting 276, five RBIs, six locks, but the line I don't like as much as he is striking out a lot. That's he true. has had 11 strikeouts in the past week. Um, just in general, I mean, he's he's a big swinger. I, I feel like he is – he's not home runner bust, but he's hitter bust. 
So like he's not gonna ground out. He's not gonna fly out. He's yeah. He hits it so hard that there's a really good chance if he hits it, he's gonna get on base with it. Right. Exactly. And like in the past couple, um, in the past week, I know that um, we had a few people from ESNY talking about this, but Miguel and Juhar is heating up at the plates, batting 333, three extra base hits. And actually, the best part about him is that in the past week, he's only struck out twice. Yeah, who would have guessed? I mean, we all know that Miguel Andujar is absolutely allergic to ball four. Uh, so he does strike out a lot. But, I mean, listen, he's swinging the stick right now. Mm-hmm. What are you, you going to do? He's, he's swinging the hot the bat. You need time. to lean on him as long as you can. It's the perfect time because the Gio Urshela on the IR – or IR. <laughs> oh, my God, talking football right now. Gio, Gio Urshela on the IL, unfortunately, we have to have him in the lineup. So, hey, at least he's producing. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, then looking forward, uh, it was supposed to be Garrett Cole tonight. I kind of like that it's going to be Garrett Cole tomorrow instead because with the importance, and I can't believe I'm saying this about a Yankees-Orioles game in mid-September, the importance of this first game cannot be stressed enough. Oh, it absolutely. Is, it is the most important game yet to date because God only knows how the Baltimore Orioles are nipping at our heels. God only knows how. Listen, the, basically the next week or so is just the most crucial stretch of the season because you are playing those direct opponents who can kick you out of the AL East. You lose any of these games, you're losing ground. You need so, to get hot right now. Exactly. This is the time to do it. It sucks that we have to do it so late, but it's got to be done. It has to. Like, there's there's no more excuses. There's no more, like, oh, the lights in Buffalo. I can't see the ball, which I have a rant about that coming in, too. So. No, go for it. Go off. Oh, my God. I cannot believe them. I can't believe them. Okay. So, basically, the fact is they came out and they just said, like, oh, yeah, well, the lighting in Buffalo is bad. Like, we can't see the signs that our catcher's putting down, stuff like that. Bush League. That's Little League shit. People play in that ballpark all year round. Minor League players, so many other teams have been to the Buffalo ballpark for the Toronto Blue Jays. No one else has said anything, but now you guys are going to say something? Like, that is the lamest excuse I can ever hear. And I think it's just like, they're not the first team to play in Buffalo. They certainly aren't going to be the last team. So I think they should just grow up, buy a pair of Glaber goggles, because clearly those worked. And play the game, like shut up and play the game. I know they're really not going to be in Buffalo anymore, but still, I mean, that was the lamest thing. Like that was the most embarrassing for me. Not all the losing. Well, that was too, but the losing, not so much as the sitting there making excuses for losing instead of being like, yo, we just can't hit and our bullpen sucks. Yeah. No, she like, you can see the signs. Don't lie. You can see the signs. If you can't see the signs, I mean, catchers put, uh, fingernail they paint their fingernails to make it easier to see the signs they put reflective strips on their fingers to make it easier to see the signs there are ways around that i guarantee you somebody in the yankees clubhouse either has or can quickly acquire fingernail polish hey if you can't see the signs sign me up i could have driven all the way to buffalo and i could have brought all my nail polish for you guys i could have had gary sanchez set for life 
all just the neon nail polish forever. Oh yeah. No, I would have put one of those little flowers on. As you see, I got my nails done, as you can see. But I would have gotten those little flowers done for him too, so that Garrett Cole or whoever it is that's looking in is gonna be like, oh my God, beautiful. Oh, fastball, right. Yeah, yeah. Adam Adam Adovino never misses a pitch again. He never misses a sign. Ever. Ever. You just gotta get the nail polish. This was like earlier in the season two when we were in Philly and we lost in Philly. And then after the game, like the first thing I had said was, well, it was, it was pretty distracting to have those fans out in, in center field making all that noise. Well, you, how long have you been playing in Major League Baseball? You can't handle a couple hecklers. I know the stadium's exactly. quiet, but like I, I can't imagine that those fans in the outfield at Philly just looking over the fence, can't imagine they're louder than 40,000 people all booing you. Can't imagine. Right. right, exactly. So, yeah, that really pisses me off. It really bothers me. So, um, yeah, sorry. I had to I had to at least say it because a lot of people are just like, oh, Yankees fans. Like, they don't really, you know, they'll let their team get away with anything. I'm not okay with excuses. I don't – I think that's bullshit. They just suck right now. Yeah, listen, uh, we're, not, we're not the two people who are going to sit here and just say whatever the Yankees do is golden. We've had plenty of criticisms of the Yankees over the over the years, over the duration of this podcast. We've uh, gotten pretty it, good at it too. Yeah, we. I mean, we criticize them all the time when they do stupid shit like this. It doesn't <laughs> mean we're going to stop supporting the team. But Ooh. it's just—it's perfectly fair to say, please stop complaining about not being able to see the signs, because the problem is on offense. You don't need to see the signs for that. Right. Exactly. So yeah. Sorry. Just had to complain about that a little bit, and. Um, in other news, just to kind of cover everything, um, I just realized that we we had missed out last week on discussing a little bit more with um, with Eric Kratz, but I feel like he's he should be a coach. He needs to be back with the team. Oh, he's he absolutely to his future is as a coach. Absolutely, one hundred and fifty four percent as a coach. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I was I was rewatching that video again today of him talking about Debbie Garcia, who, by the way, lighting it up just doing a great job and Eric Kratz has played a huge role in that and it's just it's just awesome to see to see him you know mentoring those younger players and prospects especially those that are coming from different countries oh boy uh just off topic for a second of all people Austin Hedges just broke up a no hitter in the eighth inning Austin Hedges got the only hit of this game that's just I mean that's 2020 for you right there uh but back (laughs) on the point yeah Eric Kratz I see him as like like he's going to go to Trenton as like the, an assistant coach or like the catcher's coach. And it's going to be, he's going to be a Trenton legend Like people mm-hmm. are going to forget about him in New York and on like the major league stage, we're going to forget about him. And then sure. you're just going to take, you're going to stop in Trenton on a road trip. You just need to stop. You're going to get some McDonald's, use the bathroom. And people are just going to be talking about how funny Eric Kratz is as a third base coach. <laughs> like nobody, nobody's going to hear. He's just going to be a local legend. I would hire him as a third base coach in a heartbeat. I mean, the guy's learning Spanish for his younger pitchers so he can make them feel comfortable as they're coming into the United States. That is just incredible. Like, I feel like it's common sense that you should do something like that, but he really goes above and beyond for these guys. And I just love to see it. You love to see it. Absolutely. I mean, uh, players have to pick up something. I know everybody speaks the language of baseball. I know, you know, American-born players do learn a little bit of Spanish just from having, you know, Latin teammates. And I mean, even Asian teammates, I'm sure somebody's picked up 
a little bit of Japanese from Masahiro Tanaka. Just uh, Louis, there's no way Luis Severino hasn't taken like a full course load of Japanese because Masahiro Tanaka is his best friend, and they've yeah, just merged not. languages, and now they have their own language, and nobody can tell what they're saying to each other. It's like it's like eight year old girls with their secret language. <laughs> we can talk about everyone behind their back now, right to their face. <laughs> okay, that I felt like I was just attacked there. Thanks. <laughs> Do you have Appreciate a secret language it. when you were younger? No. Of course not. And I don't appreciate you making fun of eight-year-old girls when you never were an eight-year-old girl. That's true. That's fair. You got me there. But anyway, um, so on the injury front, obviously we have a lot of Yankees out on the injury front. Um, The one guy I really have not heard any specific answers on, and I'm seeing a trend. This is something that I've seen frequently over the past year, is Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, I know. I saw he was he was running and hitting the other day in Yankee Stadium, and it kind of blew up because everyone was like, are you going to tell me that this guy isn't healthy enough to play in a Major League Baseball game? He prob- probably could. I would say he probably could play in a Major League Baseball game, but we're going to do the same thing with Aaron Judge, where he came back from the calf injury, and then all of a sudden now you're missing it for a longer stretch. And I know we're about to miss the playoffs, but I don't think it's time to pull the ripcord on possibly losing Giancarlo Stanton for the playoffs if he gets re-injured. Right. You want that guy for the playoffs, especially with the way he was swinging the bat in the beginning of the season. It's not like you want to just, you know, skip over that. So, But I just find it very interesting that I really haven't heard any updates on him. And, you know, you hear about Aaron Judge. I did hear today about James Paxton. Um, Paxton did a bunch of throwing, and now he's sore. So he's going to take a couple days off. So probably not back. Well, that's, that's going to affect my answer to our question later on James Paxton. Well, there you go. News, news, news. News, news, news. Uh, what else we got for the Yankees before we jump into the questions? Um, I think that's it. Uh, I know because we're going to cover a lot of stuff with these questions too. Uh, that stuff yes, that we, we haven't are. quite covered yeah. yet. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in there. So, um, you know, we we sent out a Twitter mailbag and tried to get a bunch of people to ask some questions. James is super upset that nobody asks him questions, but they no, like they only ever ask Allison questions. Oh. I got two questions. Allison's got all the other ones. Oh, I'm sorry, James. Yeah, they're just more Twitter popular than I am. It is what it hey. is. The Queen of Yankees Twitter. People want to ask you questions. So do you have anything else or you want to go into questions? No, let's get to it. Okay. So I just want to say, I promise I would answer this one first um, from Padres Farm. So obviously, as you know, James is a huge, huge proponent for Padres Twitter. I joined as well. Um, I'm not quite as involved as James is, but, you know, I'm, I'm there. I'm there, which is great. And Padres Farm says... How many more Yankee losses for you two to change your Avi picks to ones wearing Padre hats? All right. I don't James. want to disappoint my Padres fans here. That's just never going to happen. Not, not, because, not because I would never buy a Padres hat. I would. I have a lot of hats. I only ever wear hats. Uh, I've just, even for the Yankees, I've never really, like, repped their merch. It's never really been my thing. Like I have one jersey and I only bought that because it was Derek Jeter's retirement or not retirement. Uh, they were giving him his plaque in Monument Park. So I was like, oh, let me get a jersey. It'll be a nice little keepsake of today. Um, but other than that, I, I mean, I have a couple shirts. I have a couple hoodies, but I've never really like decked myself out in Yankees merch. So I don't think I'm going to do that for the Padres anytime soon either. Uh, although it is pretty frustrating 
that the Yankees keep losing and the Padres keep winning. This is also true. I mean, so it's funny that you say that because my answer was going to be, I'm not going to be contingent on Yankees losses. I'm going to be contingent on postseason play. So I feel as though obviously the Padres are making the postseason. They're 100% in. Um, so I'm basically, I'm Padres postseason because I don't know what the Yankees are going to do. Like, Oh, and whatever. yeah, God forbid the Yankees miss the playoffs entirely. I am going all in on the Padres. Right, exactly. So I, I guess I wouldn't say a number of losses because it's really, really hard for me to rep a team other than my own. I do have an Atlanta Braves hat uh, in my closet. Um, I won it. I don't know how, but I have it. It's from like the 2017 postseason. So I have it. Um, but other than that, I usually don't rep other teams, but I will gladly support the Padres in the postseason up until they potentially play the Yankees in the World Series. Yeah, then, I mean, listen, we have to ride with the Yankees. We got to do it. But if, if the Padres were to beat the Yankees, it's not like I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to be like, you know what? You guys deserve this. You earned it. Yeah. You know, yeah. way, way to go, Padres. Way to go. Right, exactly. I won't be at the parade, but I'll be there in spirit. Exactly. Um, actually, one of my friends worked and did an internship over with the Padres um, a couple years ago. And so she, I think it was two years ago, started following them more closely. So I'm sure she's ecstatic right now. I got to reach out to her. Absolutely. But. You know what we're gonna have to do? We're gonna have to reach out to Max and say, hey, like, I know you had this internship with the Nationals. Gonna need you to change that to the Padres because we want to get the inside track. We want to know what the deal oh, yeah. is. And we need you on the inside. Right. Absolutely. So good. That's the answer to that question. So I'm sorry if that's disappointing, but Hey, listen, we're, we're loyal to a fault. Absolutely. We got another question from Padres farm too. Uh, yeah, I think this one was specifically directed at me, but I'm going to ask you to answer first. Uh, oh. Do you miss Larry as in Larry Rothschild? <sighs> oh boy. Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say because he, he was around forever. That was just like, I, I, I always knew him as a Yankee. And towards the end, I started to question his methods a little bit. I definitely don't think he's a bad dude. I'm like, he's like one of those like Didi Gregorius types where like he wasn't the best player, but he was a good guy. And I enjoyed having him with the Yankees. So yeah, I do kind of miss him. I miss seeing him saunter out to the mound and, you know, talk to pitchers <laughs> without his mask on, like whatever. See, that's, that's what I miss about Larry though. It's yeah. nothing, nothing to do with his pitching right. coach abilities. Cause right. I mean, I don't, obviously we're not, we've said this all of last year. We're not in the locker room. We're not in the workouts. We don't know what Larry is telling the pitchers. Uh, obviously some pitchers have previously come out and said like Larry was bad. Larry told me to do this when I should have been doing this. And Larry doesn't know anything about the analytics. Uh, the thing that I actually miss about Larry though, and I do miss Larry, I do, <laughs> but it's, it's yeah. the content that he gets from just being like the grouchy old man. It's just the grouchy old Larry content. And I mean, every time I see him walk out to the, to the Padres mound now, I take a picture of him and I tweet out living like Larry. <laughs> I actually, I have to give uh, Peyton Ellison. I don't know if you know him. You know, you know Peyton Ellison? Yes. Yeah, I have to give him credit for that because at first I was just taking pictures of Larry and then he sent me this video of Patrick jumping into the air screaming, living like Larry. Ever since that moment, I've been hooked. Living like Larry is a lifestyle. I am living like Larry in San Diego until I die. That's why I miss Larry Rothschild. Not for anything he can do on the field with the players. Just grouchy old Larry content. 
Right. Well, I guess you're absolutely right. So yeah, in a way we miss Larry, but we don't miss what he did. Yeah, I don't miss the pitchers under Larry. I miss Larry, grouchy old Larry. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, well, there you go. There's your answer. Um, what do you want to go with next? Uh, well, I think we should probably just stay with the Padres angle right now. Uh, so, I mean, we got a few Padres questions. We got another one from our, our good buddy Steve. Uh, we kind of answered this already. Yankees, Padres, World Series. Who do you want to win more? Go with boys. Yeah, obviously it's got to be the Yankees, but yeah. I'm certainly not going to be that upset if the Padres win it because that's – I mean, when I think about the Padres, I think about being a Knicks fan and just, like, suffering mm-hmm. through unwatchable teams for decades, decades. And if the Knicks finally ever win a championship, I'm going to burn New York City to the ground. Like, the, the celebration is going to rival what the, what the Eagles did when they won the Super Bowl. Where it's, I'm not, I'm, nobody's going to eat horse shit, I hope. But, like, we're going to burn the city to the ground if the Knicks ever win a championship. When the right. Knicks are good, New York is, I mean, it's full basketball. Yeah, you got to go with the Yankees, I think, um, just because, like I said, got to stay loyal to the boys. Um, but it kind of reminds me almost of like the 2016 World Series with the Cubs and the Indians. I went into that rooting for both. I was like, I just want good baseball. And then by the time Game 7 rolled around, I was like, okay, now I really just want to see the Cubs win. Like, I do. Yeah, so, they earned that one. They earned that one. It was great. Uh, Rajay Davis with the most uh, immemorable – home run of all time like such an important moment that just got completely overshadowed right exactly. <laughs> Poor guy. but yes um definitely yankees all the way come on steve do you know us come on steve you know us better than that steve steve yeah. hates steve <laughs> hates living like larry hates it more than anybody anybody it doesn't even get that much attention from padres twitter it's more of a thing i just do for myself now but he hates my living like larry tweets hey that's why you got to keep going they're getting a reaction that's all that matters absolutely uh another Padres question this one's not directly towards us uh we aren't Cronin worthy asked us if he can wear his Padres jersey to all Yankee games he attends in the Bronx when it opens again hint he already does who cares let's back up a second let's back up a second what's up what's up all right I have it's, it's a pet peeve of mine when people wear jerseys to a game where neither team is playing. The team that they're repping the jersey of, with neither team is playing in that game, I, that, that's a pet peeve of mine. Because you're just trying to like, oh, I don't even care about what's happening here because I'm a Padres fan. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely make fun of them, like for sure. Oh, yeah, back. definitely. Oh, I'm not going to stand outside the gate and, and deny him entry. Be like, no, 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 no. I'd rather you wear a Red Sox jersey if you're going to come into this game because that's who in, who's in town. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be like, oh, well, you know, the Padres aren't playing in this game, right? <laughs> no, I definitely do that. Um, I will personally make fun of you, but like at the same time, it, I guess it depends what jersey it is. Like, if it's a classic, like, Mike Trout or some, like, bandwagon person jersey, I'm going to really make fun of you. And I'm going to be like, wow, this person has no idea where they are. And be like, are you lost? But if you're there wearing a San Diego Padres jersey and say you're wearing... Tony Gwynn. That's my first one that comes to head. I would be like, that's just, uh, that's just a cool outfit. You're not wearing a Padres jersey. You're just wearing a cool outfit. That's classy. I like that because that's history. And we all love the history of baseball. 
um i guess i could see if it was a tatis i'd be like yeah cool go dude or or cronenworth that's i could i could live with a tatis jersey i don't know if i could live with a full jersey but yeah beyond that like mm, i don't know but i will definitely make fun of you but hey wear whatever you want just as long as it's not like as long as you're not loud and drunk and obnoxious that's just good advice for anywhere don't be loud drunk drunk or obnoxious and you can just do whatever you want um i didn't say that but okay (laughs) (laughs) all right last padres question uh from our good buddy max who's gonna get a padres internship and be our man on the inside is davy garcia the goat or is denelson lamette the goat i don't i'm not as familiar so you're gonna have to help me out here uh it's i love davy but i mean denelson lamette this year has been he, he is by far my favorite pitcher to watch this year Okay. absolutely dominant just thrusting himself into the national league cy young conversation uh davy garcia curveballs i could watch a loop of one single davy garcia curveball for the rest of my life and be perfectly content that would be a, a life well lived in my opinion you tweeted that the other day you cheater i know i tweeted that but i think that's you're using, you're that's using your content for our podcast how rude <laughs> how rude i'll never never do it again i'll just stop tweeting and i'll save all my thoughts for the podcast <laughs> no but it's lamette is fantastic although i love davy i was gonna say the only one i can speak to is uh davy garcia but i have really enjoyed watching him so i'm very interested to see this other pitcher now so maybe i'll have to pay more attention and possibly stay awake and watch him yeah it's rough i've been running on like five hours of sleep every yeah. night <laughs> dedication that is true dedication I'm dedication so yeah absolutely it's mostly just because you know once i settle in like i'm in for the entire rest of the night i don't get up for anything and 12 o'clock rolls around it's like huh, do i really want to get up out of my chair not really i guess i'll just keep watching baseball all right you ready for some yankees questions yes now that we've covered all the padres questions <laughs> um okay so Justin O'Reilly asks, who gets a start in a potential game four of a postseason series? Jay Happ or Debbie Garcia? Uh, I hate this question. <laughs> good question. Though. I hate this question so much. Cause, no, because it is a good question. And it I really think is. I think it kind of comes down to how good Davey is down the stretch. Right. I mean, also how good Jay Happ is down the stretch. Right. I mean, obviously, you know that Jay Happ definitely has um, has the experience over Debbie. Like, there's there's no other explanation for it. But at the same time, sometimes having that young new guy where people can't quite scout it out yet, you know, in that energy in that postseason mode, could be really good. So yeah, ooh, it's the, it's the question about. between: Do you want to go with the X factor, or do you want to go with the guy who you know is just going to give you a quality start in a postseason right. game? And it's, yeah, Davey Garcia might throw six shutout innings in a postseason game. Uh, he also might get blown up for five runs in two innings. You know, you just don't know. It's not a, right. it's not a known asset. With Jay Happ in a postseason game, you know that, I mean, right. for all the criticisms we have of Jay Happ, he knows how to, how to pitch a game. So if he comes down to it, he can do it. He's been doing pretty well. In fact, I was kind of upset. I thought he was going to be the uh, Montefiore player of the week for the Yankees. And I was like, if that's your player of the week this year, oh, we rough. <laughs> we rough. <laughs> so I honestly, I got I got to go with Hap, at least to start Hap and then throw in Garcia potentially, depending on how long Hap goes. But Hap usually throws about six innings. I, I don't know. I'm just all about the experience and the consistency. And 
I feel like if Hap pitches well down the stretch, you gotta you gotta give him a start. Absolutely. Yeah. And with, with the Yankees offense, what it's supposed to be, if you right. get six innings of three run ball from Jay Hap, you just get the minimum for a quality start, you still have a pretty good chance to win that game. Right, exactly. So yeah, that's what I would say. Absolutely. So we're both going with half then. Um, I think so. All right. Next question from Justin Argiro. Uh, do you think the Yankees will go with a six-man rotation next season? I don't think they've really been, been a six-man rotation unless it was towards the end of the season where they really needed to give guys more rest. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a hard no on this. Yeah, I'm thinking more five, um, and especially next year, because honestly, we don't know what the rotation is going to be. Obviously, Garcia is making a huge uh, leap to potentially be in that rotation. You've got Luis Severino potentially coming back maybe halfway through. He has through to come back. I need some Sevy in my life. Right, right. Um, and then, of course, you're probably going to sign either Tanaka or Paxton again. Um, I would say probably Tanaka, but you know. Yeah, I mean, there is there is a chance you get both. Uh, James Paxton, if he can't pitch down the stretch of this season, he's going to have absolutely no value in free agency, yeah. especially with what we expect the market to be, which is mm-hmm. piss poor. Uh, yeah. I just I don't see him getting a big contract, and I can't see the Yankees in a contending window being like, you know what, like James Paxton for one year, ten million, just to rebuild his value, like. Right. I'll take that deal. I'll take that deal 10 times out of 10. Very true. So, I mean, yeah, I think that a five-man rotation is just the way they, they run things. And especially, well, with how good the bullpen is. Or supposed right? to be. Supposed to be. You know, I, I really feel like the five-man rotation is, is definitely the way to go. Um, and, and you want Garrett Cole starting every fifth game. You don't want, you, don't want, you know, extended rest is nice and all. But if I have the choice between – you know, getting full starts from Garcia and Schmidt or getting an extra day of Garrett Cole once a week. Like, right. give me Garrett Cole a hundred times. Sure, absolutely. Um, very good point. Okay, next question. I think it's the last one, right? Uh, oh, no, we got two more. Yeah, we have a, yeah. Um, okay. So, Sean told us he wouldn't be listening. It's good because I'm going to rip him for this. <laughs> all right so sean says to be fair i won't be listening but dot 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 a lot of dots should the team try and move aaron judge he's a star but he can't seem to stay healthy and that doesn't help the team james absolutely fucking not you don't trade aaron judge you just don't do it i don't understand why this trend started this year is oh aaron judge can't stay healthy should we get something out of him while we still has value no no when aaron judge is on the field he is a top five player in baseball a lot of his injuries have been freak injuries the, uh, there is the muscle stuff you're gonna have to learn to live with that but i'm taking the chance on aaron judge a million times out of a million for a bunch of slapdick prospects and you're just hoping that one of them maybe becomes what Aaron judge is already. Now you always bet on the guy, you know, unless you're the Indians and have publicly say, stated, we are not going to sign Francisco Lindor. We're just not going to do it. Then you have to trade that guy as soon as possible to get value. It's so dumb, ridiculously stupid to do that, but you just don't trade star players. Look what happened to the Red Sox. They traded Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. He's now an NL MVP candidate, a pretty good one. I don't know, no Fernando Tatis Jr., but he's a pretty good NL MVP candidate. And the Red Sox are living in the cellar. 
Right. It's, uh, I mean, I know, I know where he's coming from, of course, because from the surface, you kind of look at it and you're like, man, this guy can't even stay on the field, but you got to keep, this guy is a cornerstone. Like that is the, that is the person that you want to build your team around. It's not Gary Sanchez. It's not Glaber Torres. It's Aaron judge. He's the guy you want to build a team around. So I'm all for keeping him. I'm there. Nobody trade judge unless, as Max said, unless you get like Shane Bieber and Francisco Lindor, you don't trade Aaron judge. Right. Right. No, I definitely agree with that. I think, I think if you do trade Aaron judge, it can't be for prospects for sure. It's got to be for proven players. Stars, stars, not just, not just good players. It has to be proven stars, plural. And nobody would, nobody would offer that trade and the Yankees wouldn't take anything less. So Aaron judge isn't going anywhere. He is staying. I'm sorry, guys. We got to get used to him, you know? Absolutely. All right. Last question. It is specifically for you. Why is Brett Gardner still playing every day over Mike Talkman? That's from my buddy, Matt. All right, Matt. Matt Vento. All right, Matt. Hello. Brett Gardner is the greatest thing in the world. Duh. Um, no. He, I, here's the other thing is Talkman's struggling right now too. And he's struggling big. Oh so, yeah. It's a, you can't win. You can't win in left field right, right now. At this point, you can't win. And it's like, it's one of those situations where like we talked about earlier, you literally have to have one of them in the field. You have to. They've got to be in the lineup or else you got no one. Or you also got Tyler Wade or Miguel and Duhar in the outfield. Do you want that? No, at least get the defense out of it. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I was questioning that obviously earlier in the year because Mike Talkman was, was swinging the bat decently, not anything stellar, but definitely. I mean, he came out. He came out so hot. And then, you know, it just – fizzled out so right now the two of them are struggling honestly i don't want either of them on the field but one of them has to be so why not brett gardner so i can see him one last time do you not care about my emotions and my feelings (laughs) that's what i'm worried about oh man i mean that's the thing is like like i said i don't want either of them out there right now like i would much rather have aaron judge or john carlos stand out there but well it's just, it's not happening. We just got to muddle through at the moment, which really, really sucks. But we just got to, I guess we got to live in the world where Clint Frazier can do no wrong because right now he is the best outfielder they have at the moment, to be completely honest. You got Aaron Hicks out there. Aaron yeah. Hicks leading the league in walk rate. It's 20.6%. So one out of five times he's up to the plate, he's getting walked, which is fantastic. I mean, that's, that's really good but he's not really doing anything with a stick at all. So it kind of evens out. And though he is doing quite the walk bat flips and I really enjoy those. Yeah. Um, All right. We got anything else for Yankees baseball related? I have one thing. Um, I will in about two seconds. I'm compiling those stats I told you about. (laughs) Okay. So I'll, I'll get to this first. Uh, I just want to give our thoughts and prayers to the Detroit Tigers and the Miami Marlins. Uh, the Detroit Tigers losing 19 to zero, pretty rough. And then the Miami Marlins losing 29 to nine. I wouldn't want to have their starter on your fantasy team. Me, hint, hint. I did. It was rough. Gave me a big fat negative 20. So I do want to talk real briefly about that and just basically say that um, they may have lost the game, 
but their social media team has it's won fantastic. my heart. Absolutely fantastic. Oh my gosh, incredible. Like they're losing by so many runs and they're still like tweeting up a storm. Just hilarious. They're trashing themselves the entire time. And I think the best one was when they showed a picture of their catcher in the outfield. And they said, yeah, we put the catcher in the outfield because we want the outfielders to catch the balls, right? That's how it works, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, bravo. I am that's, just... like, that's taking position players pitching to a whole new level. Right, exactly. It's, oh my God, it's phenomenal. I really enjoyed that. And um, they were pretty funny. So that was definitely the highlight of my night last night, despite the Yankees winning. I really enjoyed seeing teams make fun of themselves on social media because guess what? You got to have a little fun in this shortened season. So oh, yeah, if you're if you're getting killed, you have to do it. It's like earlier in the season, the, the Padres were on their way to a sweep. Uh, I think it was the Texas Rangers and a Padres Twitter after they win a game absolutely flood the opposing team's final score tweet oh, yeah. with memes and and rips and everything it's amazing to read i read it before i go to bed every night and the texas rangers they were on their way to getting swept by the padres so they turned off their uh comments oh my gosh Hold can't do that me. just can't do that okay i have a stat for you yes let's hear it all right so out of every team in baseball the New York Yankees are tied currently with the St. Louis Cardinals for playing the most doubleheaders this season. Yankees are very, very bad at doubleheaders. We'll go with that. <laughs> Let's just yeah, say it's, that. It's tough, to, it's tough to sweep a doubleheader. I know we mentioned this earlier in the season when doubleheaders started. And you're like, well, actually, last year they were 13-1 and one in doubleheaders. That's not pretty good. Anymore. Yeah, this year, not exactly the same. Not anymore. So the uh, and the Yankees have a doubleheader tomorrow, so they're going to be ahead. But they have played six doubleheaders this year. It's a lot. That's a lot. insane. That's more than they played in like the past three years alone. Like, well, in full know. seasons, in full seasons too. Right, exactly, in full seasons. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. So obviously, the St. Louis Cardinals, because of the whole COVID thing, I was just really thinking about in general. Like the Yankees have not had any like COVID scares like the Cardinals and the Marlins and the Phillies and you know stuff like that they haven't had any scares like that and yet still playing double headers because yeah, I mean, we just kept getting so unlucky where I mean the Yankees right. had like a full almost a full week off uh because mm -hmm. of the Marlins scare and how that because the Marlins were stupid and they played against the Phillies anyway so then the mm -hmm. Phillies had to quarantine the Marlins had to quarantine I think uh who who were the Phillies playing maybe the nationals i don't even remember anymore they were going just, to play the orioles the orioles yeah that's right um, so the yankees had to play the orioles that one time yeah and that's like, just switch it up and you know and honestly i feel like that does take a toll on a team you know to be like hey this is who i'm expecting to see this week you're studying tape you're preparing everything and then all of a sudden you're like oh my god now we're going to baltimore like that's gonna throw you off even though it's baltimore yeah, or even like you're ready to go for the weekend and all of a sudden you go five, yeah. day, five days without a game. And then right. now you're like, oh, well, now on the back end, we have to play like 80 games in 12 days. And I was just like, I mean, I'm not, this is not a math podcast, but 80 games in 12 days is what it feels like to me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I was thinking about this in the elevator this morning. Go figure. I was going into work and I was like, oh my God, they don't even get a travel day. That's not fair. No, no rest. No rest. Yeah. 
no more yanks on a plane tweets like oh i missed the yanks on a plane tweet that was that was so much fun 20 it was that 2016 when that started with starling castro the yankees weren't even that good that year but i still had fun yes no i definitely enjoyed it but yeah i was just thinking about that today because today it was just you know kind of like oh baseball is great but it makes me sad sometimes yeah, right now, right now it's making me very sad. Uh, Yankees baseball, obviously, in particular. I mean, this week I had to write an article titled, The Yankees are a tough watch right now. And that just pained my soul to write that. And then it pained my soul again when I read it back to check for typos and grammatical errors. I had to read it to myself. And I was like, oh, who wrote this piece of shit? Oh, wait, that was me. I, uh, I wrote the, uh, the next man up mentality just needs to go because it's just mocking us right now. Like it is mocking the Yankees. They're like, Oh, next man. Yeah, up. Didn't, didn't follow us to 2020. There's nobody left. You know, it's just, it's one of those things. So what happened? the next men up became the regulars and now the regulars are down. And it's right. like, well, who else we got? Right. Who's next man up. I mean, like, honestly, the, it's so so difficult too probably for the minor league players I'm very interested to know what's going down in like the alternative site because they're doing simulated games or they're doing inner squad games and stuff like that but they're really not facing like you know the other teams and the other hitters and I feel like that's where they're getting they're developing their skills and they're developing everything so it's just yeah it's got to be it's got to be the most boring summer of baseball of their entire lives they're just playing you're just scrimmaging all summer and it's like this sucks right and what about minor league baseball we heard some kind of news on that where basically people are like yep minor league baseball is done like it's just about done yeah i think they're pushing through to 43 teams total right it's just it's so so sad i love that love minor league baseball um not only like the the experience of being close to future players, watching people play really for the love of the game. Um, you know, they're not really playing for money. They're playing because they love it and they want to get better and they want to get up to the major leagues. They're hard workers. They're always so nice. They always come over and sign autographs or talk to fans and stuff like that. Um, I just, that's one of my favorite things to do. And it's an easy easy get to get like front row seats at a minor league baseball game you know yeah it's it's absolutely nothing and even like even independent league games are like these guys aren't even affiliated with the system so this is like bottom of the barrel like maybe you're just hoping that maybe a team plucks you out of the independent leagues and puts you in double a now you're probably not getting any further than that not a lot of guys make it from the independent league to the major league some do some get there but not a lot of guys so at that point, you're really just playing one because it's the only thing you've ever done and you don't know how to not do it. And two, because you know what? Maybe take my, my early 20s, just play baseball. Just, that's just going to be my life, just playing baseball. And then I'll get a stupid day job when I'm 30. <laughs> I, guess that's, I guess I have to do that, you know. Yeah. It's, it's tough. But, like, I just enjoyed going. And I know a lot of people that went to minor league games would bring like little gift cards or something like Chipotle or even like Subway or something like that. And they would give them to players and like just seeing the players like so happy that they made a difference. I get to eat this week. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. But like they made it, they made an impact on someone and someone was like, yeah, I wanted to give you this because I know that, you know, what you're going through right now is tough. Like, you see a lot more of that and I just, it makes me 
have faith in humanity, I guess, a little bit more, which we all need at this point. Yeah. And then the billionaires taking it away just takes away my faith in humanity. Yes, yes, yes. Why you got to do that? Why you got to end it on negative? I don't want to end on the bad news. Minor league baseball is great. Good note. (laughs) Yay, baseball. The Yankees won their last game. Good note. The Padres are good. Good note. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to start watching a little more Padres. I was going to start watching a little more White Sox too, but White Sox Twitter is not, not as exciting. I haven't been invited yet. It's like, do they know who I am? Do I have to change do you, my name? Do you know who I am? I am Allison Case. I am the queen, queen of Yankees TikTok, Yankees Twitter. I have the OG stamp from the Keith McPherson. Right. If I want to be a part of your Twitter family, you welcome me with open arms. Welcome me in. I want to be there. I'm asking you. I'm helping you. I am your ruler now. No, no. (laughs) They got a little too intense. A little too intense. (laughs) So we'll see. I uh, we'll see where I go next. But you know, that's fine. Well, the Padres game is just about to start, so. You know, Look at that. Well, join, join on board and do some reading and just like <laughs> relax, you know, but eh, maybe I could turn on some baseball. I think that could work. I could switch between the two for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Big series for the Padres. Not really. It's just, it's just another series. Yeah. Just another series, but it'd be nice to have two sweeps in a row. Four game sweep. Am I asking for too much? Uh, you might be. Oh, Chris Paddock's pitching tonight too. Paddock. Paddock. Paddock is the number one guy. We're going back to talking about Larry, Paddock is the number one guy where I'm like, all right, the Larry effect has set in. Like this guy was really good his rookie year. Then Larry shows up and all of a sudden he's just not good anymore. Almost a five ERA. He's getting pounded left and right. It's just Denelson Lament is immune because Larry only knows sliders. It's the only thing he does. And Denelson Lament only throws sliders. Nice. I mean, he, th- he throws more sliders than fastballs. That's not even like an exaggeration. That's a legitimate fact. Denelson Lamette throws an equal number of sliders and fastballs. So he is Larry's dream pitcher. Good to know. Good to know. Well, good. I will keep, I will keep a better eye on this. And then of course, next week when we come back, we can discuss more. Absolutely. So we will wrap it up there. Leave us a five-star review. I think we made an hour today. I'm not sure. I can't even keep track of the time anymore. Yeah, I know. It doesn't do the little time thing like Skype does. But you know what? I think that's okay. Yeah, we, we just have the natural rhythm in our head. Yeah, we just typically know. We're good. All right. Leave us a five-star review. See you.